0: What is going on, New York Giant fans? Welcome back to another edition of the Big Blue in the Bronx podcast. Hope you hit the like button, comment, and subscribe to our post notifications so you know when a live stream pops over video drops. drops. Appreciate y'all coming back. Hope you had a happy holidays and Merry New Year, all that sort of good stuff. Uh, even though it's Happy New Year, some people say Merry New Year, believe it or not. Merry Christmas, anything else you celebrate. Uh, the holidays are pretty much done around here. And, well, you know it's also almost done? The 2023 NFL regular season. And after this week, we won't have any more Giants football to watch till August. Regular season till September, so that's what, nine months. It's going to be a tough ride, but if you're a Yankees fan, you're kind of excited. If you're a Mets fan, I I guess you should be excited. I don't really know what the expectations are. And Of course, there's other New York sports, but we got to keep it uh, Giants-centric here. Uh, If you haven't already, please check out the Patreon, we have two articles already posted on there, both basketball related, Uh, we don't really do a ton of channel content in terms of basketball, but sports articles, as I said, early access to videos, different other things coming out, that's going to be on the Patreon, so $2.99 a month, Big Blue and the Bronx Patreon, please sign up. But this game's going to be interesting, right, and there's a lot of variables there's a lot of question marks for a lot of different things in this game Um, for the Eagles you kind of wonder what they're going to do what their game plans are going to be are they going to sit their starters are they going to play their starters now they don't have the bye so they will go out there and play on wildcard weekend versus who I don't have that at the moment I don't think we do at all but you know I'm just saying it for saying it It's going to be an interesting approach from Nick Sirianni Um, because on the sitting side, you know, it's kind of like a bye week, you know, they play next week and we already know that Devonta Smith is out. Darius Slay is out. D'Andre Swift, uh, he's questionable with an illness. So, you know, there's a lot of moving pieces. There's a lot of variables in there as far as the injury report goes. And of course the game plan, but also on the other hand, before you even get to the playoffs, you kind of want to have a feel good moment. If you're a Philadelphia Eagles player. Because other than the Giants game. The last few games. Now even the Giants game wasn't that good. The last few games the Eagles have been playing have been pretty shit. Uh, Got Their ass kicked against the 49ers. Pretty sure they lost to Dallas. They lost to the Cardinals. Which you know the Giants and the Commanders were were the only NFC East. Teams to beat the Cardinals. So they've had a rough patch. And even that game against the Giants. A.J. Brown was pissed off. So this could be in reality what feels like a okay get back on track before the playoffs type win type game and hopefully for their sake not me that's hoping it because I would love to see the Eagles lose in the playoffs I mean we're not supposed to root for our rivals but in their case you kind of think okay they need to hope for a win and you know kind of get the spirits up because AJ Brown there's all sorts of rumors you know he's the rifting the locker room and the divide and all these other different things. Plus their defense has been playing like shit. um, And their offense has been, you know, has been good, but, you know, not good enough in some areas as well. Uh, And as for the New York Giants, man, again, um, I would tend to think that a lot of people are playing for their jobs, right? Not Brian Dable, not Joe Shane, not all these other guys, but specifically guys like Mike Kafka and Wink Martindale, Bobby Johnson, you would think that some of these guys would get the most out of their positions. I would expect a lot of, you know, I'm not even going to go into detail about that, but that's four things to look for. Um, but as far as that goes, I mean, you know, I would expect the New York Giants to roll out some stuff. Uh, you know, Tyrod Taylor, he's a free agent next year, so this is going to be where he showcases that he can still be an NFL quarterback, whether it's a backup, a starter, someone who competes. Um, and and same for some of the other guys on this roster too I mean Ben Bredesen's a free agent he's the starting right guard Um, Matt Parrott's a free agent next year so there's a lot of different guys that are free agents next year that are vying for jobs and this is kind of the valuation standpoint Um, and also you know I guess this could be a feel good win going into next year also Xavier McKinney too I think you know this is going to be one of the bigger games from him being that Jason Pinnock is out Dane Belton's going to be in there we had a really good game last game maybe he could keep it up against the Eagles they've been a little bit of turn, turnover uh, prone kind of team the last few weeks but um, you know he's going to be a guy that you look to evaluate and also I want Javarius Owens to get some snaps because Pinnock is out there's no more Bobby McCain throwing Javarius Owens in there have him play some snaps I mean it's the last game of the season you're not playing for anything you're just playing for a good feel that's it um, but let's go into the injury report so I already mentioned DeAndre Swift. He's questionable with an illness. Um, Darius Slay's out with a knee injury. Zach Cunningham is going to play. So is Avante Maddox, which who we did not see the last time. It's going to be interesting because he's going to work his way back from his injury. He's a really good slot corner. He's just been injured most of his career. Um, Devonta Smith out with a ankle injury. Son Riddick is going to play. And Jordan Davis is going to play. For the New York Football Giants, uh, Jason Pinnock, toe injury. He's out. Technically, if they want to, they could put Pinnock on IR. I don't know what that has to do with contractuals, but you could upload somebody from the practice squad and give them a couple of reps. Uh, same thing with anyone else. Like, Deontay Banks, you could kind of do that with. They did it with Evan Neal, basically. So, Belton's going to play. Tyra Taylor, who's limited in practice, is going to play. Donnie Holmes is going to play. Carter Coughlin's going to play. Banks is doubtful. Schmitz is questionable. And Jason Pinnock, as I mentioned, he is out. So, you know, a decent chunk of the first and second round picks are questionable and doubtful. Interesting. But, you know, that happens. It's not like last year's draft class. Last year's draft class, oh my god, how many injuries did the New York Giants suffer? Um, just a little note for you guys. Two things. Number one, we don't have an interview in the second half because I got dubbed, unfortunately. Uh, it is what it is. It's, you know, it's, it's the business. Number two... um. I'm not going to present like the full-on, oh, this guy has this stats on the season. No, I'm going to probably go into a little bit of their season stats maybe, but more the Cardinals game because you think about it this way, there's only one game in between the last time we played the Eagles. But the Eagles offense ranks 8th in total yards per game, 16th in passing. They rank ninth in rushing, and points per game, well, they rank 7th defensively 23rd in total yards 28th against the pass, 11th against the run but they gave up a lot of yards last week and they were one of the best run defenses in football coming in uh they didn't give up a ton of yards to Saquon Barkley they gave up a lot to James Conner last week so if Saquon wants to pound the rock for his contract or you want to go out and give some reps to Eric Gray go ahead um 28th in uh passing defense 11th and rushing defense and 29th in. Points per game. 28th in pass percentage, 5th in run percentage, 27th in pass percentage on first down, 5th in run percentage on first down. They rank 18th in sacks as far as pressure percentage goes. As I mentioned on the other podcast that we did, you know, obviously previewing the Eagle game the last time, they're a little underwhelming considering the dogs that they have at pass rusher. But let's see, they're 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12th in pressure percentage. And as far as we got sacks, we got pressure percentage as far as blitz percentage goes they really don't do that a ton um let's see what they rank here 30th 29th 8 7 6 5 24th so 24th in the areas for the new york giants um 30th in total yards per game 32nd against the pass uh, 32nd in passing offense. They're not that bad of a defense, trust me. 16th in rushing, 30th in points per game, 28th in total yards per game on defense, 20th against the pass, 29th against the run, and 28th in points per game. 18th in pass percentage, 15th in run percentage, 29th in pass percentage on first down, and 15th in run percentage on first down. As far as the Giants and sacks go, uh, they rank 30th. That's not been one of their strong suits as far as pressure percentage goes. been a little bit better last week's Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Twentieth in pressure percentage—that's not bad, but again, you would like it to be a little bit better in their second in blitz percentage, which is no surprise. All right, let's do some things to look for zone coverage. Wink. Now, obviously, Wink's formula is blitzing the shit out of the quarterback. Right? We we know this. This has been Wink his whole entire defensive coordinator career. What I will say is this also as well. There's a lot of things going for Wink in this game. A potential of him not coming back next year. Why I say zone coverage is... Because Brian Dable, in my opinion, is more passive. I think that if he happens to fire Wink, Leslie Frazier is the first guy on his list. And Leslie Frazier is more passive. The problem with being more passive is that the Giants cannot get there with the front four. Ojolari's been a ghost... Thibodeau's been eh against the Eagles. Um, Dex, you know, he's playing on a hurt hamstring, and then you don't have another defensive tackle that could actually bulk up in the passing game. That's just the way I see it. So, um, you know, that's, I guess, probably why they play straight-up zone is just to keep everything in front of them. But he could also go ahead and... Blitz a little bit more than we expect, right? Jalen Hurts, obviously, the turnovers, and he could prove, he could go out there and say, okay, fuck what Brian Dable wants. I'm going to go out there and prove I could still be a good defensive coordinator with limited talent, blitz the shit out of Jalen Hurts, and cause a bunch of turnovers. That could potentially happen. So, zone coverage, wink, I think that's going to be it. Um, You know, Julio Jones was really hot last game, so I think he's someone to watch, uh, Nick McLeod versus... Julio Jones, I don't think he's going to be lined up in the slot. I don't think he's got that uh, manpower anymore. And then you got A.J. Browning on the side versus Adoree Jackson, which is going to be really interesting. Creative plays from NYG or run opening up the pass. I think you'll definitely see some creative plays. Um, The end around, even though that's not necessarily new, the end around last week against the Rams, that was a, a trick out of the bag for Mike Kafka and the Giants' offense. So, you know, he's, he's trying to keep his job. And, you know, again, there's all these reports about these coordinators not keeping their jobs. This is going to be the final countdown. This is going to be the final game for Brian Dable and Joe Shane to evaluate who's going to stay on the staff and who's not going to stay on the staff. And, you know, if they put up a good effort with Tyrod Taylor as quarterback against the Philly defense, then Mike Kafka will come back next year. And you could argue, hey, had Tyrod Taylor played that first half, you know, they probably would have won that game against the Eagles the first time. Also, all those mistakes, right? You know, the bad play calls on fourth down and all these other different things, like the the short play to Wandale that didn't work, the the crossing route. Like that shit, if you're in my Kafka, that shit has to be cleaned up. Like last week, Jalen Hyatt on the crosser route. Sure. Taylor threw it behind him, and yeah, sure, Hyatt ran backwards, but that's not a pl- the call on fourth and one. You should be running it, right? Um, you know, you ran it two straight times on a fourth down on the same drive, and then the third time they figure you out. I mean, that's just that's just not common sense, right there. That's just I can't say being stubborn, but uh, execution, you could go and say that. But also the thing is as well, like Darius Slayton was blocking a defensive end there. How many times do you actually see that? But, you know, um, run opening up the pass. That's a lot of what happened last week against the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals ran it really well. They ran over 200 yards, which, I mean, that probably is a high for any team that uh, the Eagles have played, personally me, um, in terms of the way I saw. Like, Michael Carter had some really good runs uh, Kyler Murray obviously is always a demon with his feet. But James Conner, 26 carries, 128 yards, and a touchdown. And Saquon's going to look to get that next contract, whether it's from the Giants, the Ravens, or some other fucking team that we're not even talking about. So I would expect the Giants to try to have a run-decept-the-pass mentality. If not, then they'll go back to the pass. Um, and definitely use Tyrod's arm. Like, against the Eagles the first time, against Washington, Against the Rams, you saw it. So, you know, open up that pass game a little bit. But I do expect a run opening up the pass type mentality. And that's kind of, you know, what they've been doing, uh, you know, the last few weeks. The entire season. Rushing game emphasis from Philly. Um, I think this game, knowing at least on the other side of things, let's just think in a Nick Sirianni, Brian Johnson type of uh, mindset for a second here. I think for them... They'll probably think Wink, Wink is gonna blitz the shit out of them, just because a he's playing for his job and b it's the last game of the season, so you know it's pretty much just an open lane here. I th- I would think they probably go out there and try to run it a little bit more, um, and kind of get Kenneth Gainwell involved. Now, if DeAndre Swift doesn't play, it's hard to imagine that they actually go with a running emphasis. But if he does play. DeAndre Swift, Boston Scott, Kenneth Gainwell, those type of guys will probably get the carries most of the time and leave the ball out of Jalen Hurts' hands. Didn't play well last week. Um, I mean, he threw three touchdowns that part, yeah, but 167 yards, a lot of that came in the red zone. So, um, and also the opportunity just, you know, another thing for the Eagles last week. But uh, if Swift plays, running emphasis for sure over Hurts, And I don't know that they'll probably try to run Hurts as much knowing that the playoffs are next week. And then, you know, if not, well, passing emphasis. But players to watch. Let's talk about last week against the uh, Cardinals. Jalen Hurts, 18-20, 367 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. Uh, Their lead rusher was DeAndre Swift, 13 carries, 61 yards, 4.7 yards per carry. Hurts only had 3.1 yards per carry, eight carries, 25 yards, and you know, most of that was off of a 13-yard run, so you take that away, that's seven carries for 12 yards, that's not good, um, Kenneth Gainwell, two carries for five yards, I would look for him to get more action, A.J. Brown, knowing the way he's been temperamental this season, I would probably look for him to get more involved, uh, Dallas Goddard, you know, he's been pretty much an outlier, In a bad way this season. He hasn't really been involved. So I would probably look. And he was getting open in some zones against the Giants the first time. I would look for some of the game plan to shift over him this time. And, you know, as I mentioned, two catches, two touchdowns last week. Julio Jones. I would look for him to get involved. Because if he could heat up a little bit before the playoffs. I mean, we we know Julio isn't 2016 Prime Julio. But, hey, listen. You know, if he can warm up and all that other stuff. And then use Gainwell in the passing game a little bit. And all these other different things. Um as far as sacks and all that they only got one sack and this is what i talked about with them having all these guys right we talked last year all they're building the trenches all they're doing this they're doing that whatever um Hassan riddick is leading the pack with well i think it was like 11 12 sacks this year as far as the other guys go i mean josh sweat he's more of the quarterback hit type but Jalen carter has slowed down he did have a sack last week though um He's slow, he slowed down over the last few weeks, and Jordan Davis really hasn't been too much of an impact. Um, as far as another guy, they probably look to get involved this game. I would look for Nolan Smith, right? He's the first-round pick, end of the draft, 2023. A lot of teams wanted in on him. A lot of teams were very questionable about him because of the uh, peck injury he suffered. But he could be a guy that goes up against Matt Parrott and. I would honestly not be shocked if, if he wins a few reps because, um, you know, Matt Parrot's not good. He doesn't really get hands on anybody. It seems like it's a Giants O-line issue not to get hands on anybody. But, um, you know, go up against Matt Parrott. Win a couple of reps, obviously, yeah, you know, right there. Um, I don't know how long Hassan Reddick's under contract for, but this guy was drafted in the first round, Nolan Smith. So th- these are the type of games you kind of want to see him in and you want to see him produce. If not, then, you know, kind of a bust of a first-round pick, though it's a late first-round pick. Uh, just a refresher on the uh, the O-line stats. Mylotta, 8 penalties, 3 sacks. 9 penalties, 3 sacks for Dickerson. Kelsey, 6 penalties, 1 sack. 0 penalties, 0 sacks for Cam Jurgens And Lane Johnson, 4 penalties, 4 sacks. It should be more on the penalties uh, and the false starts, but I'll shut up about that. Uh, we talked about Jalen Carter, a little bit about Josh Sweat. As far as quarterback hits last game, I can actually dig into that a little bit. They only had three. Uh, Josh Sweat, one. Milton Williams, two. He's one that's had a good couple of weeks. Um, and then Jalen Carter as well. Nothing for the um, – the nothing for Hassan Riddick. Nothing else for uh, Jordan Davis. Uh, nothing for Nolan Smith. So they'll look to get those guys uh, hot a little bit. And, of course, uh, just to build a little bit of a refresher here, James Bradbury, we'll take a look at him because he's going to be the number one corner. And we'll also look at Avante Maddox. Uh, Bradbury, 11 touchdowns, 113.9 passer rating, giving up giving up uh, one touchdown. Actually, no, 11 touchdowns, 113.9 passer rating, a interception, 58.3 completion percentage. Uh, we'll look at Avante Maddox, of course, as well. He is the slot corner. He's a very good slot corner when he's in there, when he's not injured. Uh, so far in three games this season, a completion percentage given up of 81.3% and a passer rating of 109.4. So what does that tell me? Uh, top matchups, we'll get into it. I promise you guys. And then also Shaq Leonard and Zach Cunningham, we could talk about them for a second. Uh, Reed Blankenship, he's another guy too. And look at Nicholas Morrow. He had a um, he had the league tackler uh, status last game also with Kevin Byard. So it seems like they have a lot of these names, but it just hasn't been, you know, Quite productive on most of those names. I mean, Shack Leonard five tackles, blanket chip eleven, Bayard, eleven, Nicholas Morrow fourteen. Um, but yeah, that, that's pretty much that. So before we get into our top matchups, we do have to talk about SeatGeek. He sponsor us. We thank them. And uh, as far as SeatGeek goes, yeah. So you guys go to SeatGeek, tickets for tailgates, tickets for concerts or ball games in general. Twenty dollars off with the promo code Big Blue in the Bronx. That's Big Blue in the Bronx. He, that is, um, of course, you know nothing abbreviated, nothing spaced out. Big Blue in the Bronx. Name of the podcast. Name of the channel. So, let's do top matchups. Kayvon Thibodeau versus Jordan Mailata, Lane Johnson. He's kind of disappeared at different points in the season. I was honestly disappointed with his effort last, not his effort, but just like the overall production last week from Kayvon Thibodeau, because I mean, Alaric Jackson's not necessarily an all-pro. Havenstein's a solid tackle. You would expect more production from a fifth overall pick, especially a guy that's got 11.5 sacks on the year. So I would put him against Milata. See what you can do. If they play Tyler Steen or Jack Driscoll, you should be dominating them. But um, I know people have their indifferences and all these are different things with Kayvon Thibodeau and all that sort of good stuff. But one I'm looking for, and we just talked about him on the defensive side of the football is Avante Maddox going up against Wandale Robinson. as I mentioned, Maddox is a pretty good slot corner in the league. but with that being said, Wandale Robinson, he's had a pretty good season, right? He, I think he's had one to two touchdowns. Um, he's really helped out the quarterbacks, and I think he could flourish a little bit more, but he's helped out with the quarterback he's helped out the quarterbacks with the versatility he has the way they've used him in certain situations, and just the short yardage stuff. And also an occasional jump ball, which, to be honest with you, that only happened once against the Green Bay Packers, but he's got good hands. He's got good hands. You really don't see him drop anything. And also something to look for as well, which I didn't really mention, but, you know, speaking of slot receivers, you probably look for Sterling Shepherd to be targeted. I mean, you know, he had a drop last game, this could be his final game in a Giants uniform, or better yet, any uniform, because he's had a shit ton of injuries over the course of his career. I think he's washed. I think bringing him back was just a sentimental message. Um, so, you know, that's another thing to look for. Top matchup, not really, but Sterling Shepard, his final game in New York Giants blue. Uh, but Wandale Robinson against Zavante Maddox, I would look for that matchup, and I think Tyrod Taylor is definitely looking for that matchup. Uh, Darius Slayton versus James Bradbury. Slayton, I don't think he's got too much to worry about. I think offensive involvement he does have to worry about though. Um because obviously this year with the receivers going down, he wasn't expected to be like the number 1 or the number 2. But you know, all these different things coming in, some guys underperforming, boom, uh Darius Slayton, you know, he's he's obviously been the number 1, number 2 receiver. He's going to lead the Giants in receiving yards. He's also one of the bigger play guys on this team. I mean, Hyatt doesn't have a touchdown. I would love for him to get a touchdown personally. But, um, you know, as I was saying, he's had some really big plays over the last two weeks. That big touchdown against the Rams, the big touchdown against the, uh, the Eagles. He's a good separator. He's a good separator. He's a good deep threat. So, I mean, Wondell Robinson is a better... Separator, but deep threat, Darius Slayton. You got to worry about him. Um, I would also worry about Dar- uh, Darren Waller versus uh, Shaq Leonard, Cunningham, or Blankenship. You know, use that tight end linebacker mismatch. Um, JMS, Pugh, and Bredesen versus Davis and Carter. Um, of course, they could mix in Milton Williams. JMS, I mean, if he plays, of course, I think he will, but you know, you don't really want to risk someone's health just for one meaningless game. Though, for development purposes, it's not really meaningless. Um, Justin Pugh and Meb Redison, those guys are free agents next year. It is no guarantee that they will get a job, even though I think they will. It's no guarantee they'll be back in Giants Blue. And if they love playing for Giants Blue, they got to play well this game. Because against the Rams, not good. Against the Eagles, especially Pugh, not good. Picking up stunts, they got to work on that. They have to work on that. The, the Giants need to figure this out. For the future, put two competent guards next to JMS. And I don't think it's going to be pure Bredesen. I think they need to find somebody else personally. Um, because you can't be switching all these different guys, all these fucking rotations, and then they're not picking up stunts. That's also a, switch, also a switch of the O-line coach. Thank you very much. Um, Nick McLeod versus Quez Watkins. Watkins is more of a slot receiver, but you, know, you could see McLeod in the slot. Also, McLeod versus Julio Jones. Someone who had some hot flashes last week. Two catches, 34 yards, something like that, and two touchdowns. Red zone threat. That's all I'm going to say. Adoree Jackson versus A.J. Brown. Um, A.J. Brown, obviously com- very uh, very much in the complaint side in the locker room. Adoree Jackson wants to be back in New York Giants blue. He said it. This is a game. You got to prove it, man. You can't be washed, looking out there, cooked like a Thanksgiving turkey can't have that we're not going to have too much safety help i mean it depends on what the game plan is you'll probably play cover two um you know zone and all that other shit but i mean your number one corner you should be playing well against your former teammate that's just the point i'm trying to orchestrate or better yet illustrate here um and uh dexter lawrence versus jason kelsey and landon dickerson that's always a fun matchup to watch we'll see how much um dexter lawrence has in terms of health Keys to win. Defend the run. Uh, I think that's going to be the best key to win for the New York Giants. Uh, If DeAndre Swift plays, of course, defend the run. The Giants haven't defended the run for a long time, but specifically within these last two years, they haven't been consistent. They haven't been good at it. So defend the run, help save Wink's job. Number two, passing game. Um, you know, however you want to format it, run, set up the pass, pass, set up the run. I think passing game, you need to exploit the actual uh, weaknesses on this Philly defense, kind of have them in a bad mindset going into the playoffs, just like a, a rough mindset, if you will, and, uh, you know, exploit those differences and go into the off season feeling good about a passing game and think, okay, we're only maybe two old linemen and a quarterback away. Number three is turnovers. We saw how that Adoree Jackson turnover kind of shifted the game. Again, on uh, on Christmas, right? You know, not much going for the Giants. Hurts throws a pick. And all of a sudden, the Giants are back in the game. Granted, a few mistakes kind of distanced the um, the whole thing. I kind of distanced the game from the Giants winning to the Eagles winning. But turnovers... Trust me, the Giants have had plenty of those. That's a real fucking reason Wink should come back. I will say this, and I will scream this from the mountains. I'll scream it from Mount Everest. Turnovers. The Giants have improved so much in that area. They're top 10 in fumbles forced. They are top 10 in interceptions. I mean, I just don't see the argument for not bringing Wink Martindale back. Um... And then, so just to wrap it up on that note, defend the run, passing game, turnovers. That's that. But score prediction, I think the Eagles do pull away with this. I think the Giants will have a moral victory, kind of like they ended last year with. Not in the playoffs. That's not a moral victory. But ending the season is like, okay, you know, they sat their starters, but some of the guys we saw, you know, developmental guys, whatever, right? Um, but I think it'll be like a nineteen to fourteen games. I don't think the I don't think the Eagles are gonna put up seventy points. I don't think they'll put up thirty points. They could. They might kick our ass, just to feel good about themselves. but um, I think the Giants are gonna play hard this game. I think you'll see a good effort uh, from the coaches. I think you'll see a good effort from the players knowing that a lot of jobs are going to be vacant on this coaching staff. And on this team next year, and no, I'm not talking about the head coach. I'm talking about the coaching staff in terms of coordinators, position coaches, and all that. but nineteen fourteen Eagles is my. Score prediction. Like, comment, subscribe, folks. Turn on post notifications so you know when a live stream pops or a video drops. Appreciate you all coming back. Again, please check out the articles on our Patreon. Join our Patreon for two ninety nine a month. That's where you get early access to podcasts and all these other different things that we're doing. A lot of baseball content coming along. We're trying to reach 2K. And, again, we are going to the Senior Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. Uh, it's going to be a fun trip. We booked pretty much everything at this point except for the rent car But it's going to be a lot of fun. Can't wait to produce content for you guys down there. But talk to you soon. Peace.